Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Come on, man. I guarantee you we know his name. All right, but do you know him? Do you know him? Amen. Praise the Lord. Quick shout out, man. Where they at? All right. Quick shout out to all the people joining us online. Say, what's up? All right, we got Hebrew in the house, man. We got people all in the hyphenated cities around us, man. Praising the Lord. All right, we got Eden's House Church in North Carolina. They sent somebody all the way from there, from North Carolina, to come over here and check us out. Big Aaron sitting up front. All right, say what's up. All right, praise the Lord, all right. All over, man, we want to say welcome and thank you for joining us. All right, it's going to get crazy, so I got to jump right into this. All right, all right, I was going to title this message, Dude, Don't Go to Hell. All right, but, but we changed it. All right, we're just going to see what happens, man. I'm going to read through some scripture. I would ask you to stand up, but I think you probably need to sit down for this one. I don't know if you've read ahead or not, but let me pray for us. Father, we praise you. Lord God, we give you honor and we give you glory, Lord God. In the name of Christ Jesus, we're just thankful, uh, Lord, that we can say your name that we know your name, and that, Father, we have opportunity to know beyond the name and know the Son who gave his life for us on the cross, the Son who, who died and rose again and saved every one of us from our sins, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to know you better today, to get underneath your word, Lord God, and just kind of know the truth of the matter for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, here we go. We're in Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 31. All right, it's kind of a... I don't know if you read ahead, man, but it's kind of a, oh, you want to check out my cool socks? All right. This thing freaks me out when, it, when my shoelaces flop out like that. All right, I got them in there. All right. Uh, so I'm just going to read it, and then we're going to see what God is, how he's leading. This is crazy, all right? We're going through the book of Luke. If you have not been here with us yet or if you, never, if you haven't joined us yet, we're going through the book of Luke. We're in chapter 16. Uh, and we're uh, just uh, moving along with God as he leads. Praise the Lord. Amen. So here we are, man. Uh, the scene, Jesus is talking to a group of Pharisees now. His boys are there, the disciples and all the other followers of Christ, men and women who are following him. They're there. A bunch of people are around that uh, don't know that they can know Christ, but they're trying to get to know him. And he looks to these people who should know about things like this, all right? And he, pulls, he just puts them in a freeze. So check this out. He tells this story. Is this a true story or is this a parable? We don't know, man. All right. Um, uh, but you don't know. All right. <laughs> but Jesus is telling it, so I'm just going to trust him with what he got. He says, there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. I don't know. <laughs> See what I'm talking about? All right. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus oh, you know, to dip the end of his finger in water and just cool my tongue for I'm anguish in this flame. Everybody say, dude, don't go to hell. No, say, dude, don't go to hell. 
Thank you very much. That's what we need. All right. It sucks. All right. All right. And beside all this, between us and you is a great chasm fixed in order that those who would pass from here uh, uh, to, to you may not be able to and none may cross from there to us. And he said, well, then I beg you, send him, send Lazarus to my father's house for I got five brothers. All right. And uh, send him to my father's house. I got five brothers so that he can warn them lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said, they got Moses and the prophets. In other words, they have the word of God. Let them hear that. And he says, no, Father, Abraham, but if someone goes from the dead, they'll repent. And he said to them, if they, he said to him, if they don't hear Moses, if they ain't trying to hear the word of God, they ain't going to be convinced if someone would rise from the grave. I saw what I was going to be preaching today, and I tell you what, I came this close to calling in sick, all right? <laughs> so you know, man, it's like that close. I almost did. I was like, man, you know what? I'm not feeling well today. All right, put this one off and someone else. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening right here, right? There's all kinds of craziness happening right here in this story. And I'm not going to press into all these things that, you know, we really don't really know if we can know, right? Because there's a lot of things like, like can, when you get over there, can you talk to people who are in the good side and, and, and they can look at people on the bad side? Can that really happen? What's going on right there? What's this whole big old chasm, chasm that's in between? Is that still happening? Is that still going on? You know what, man? I don't know. Read your Bible, all right? You tell me, all right? <laughs> you know, and here's what I know, man, is I study this and study, I've been studying this for, you know, a long time, actually. And, uh, you know, you get all these different theologian and scholarly accounts, all right? And they got these different ideas, and they're all over the place, which tells me they don't know either. And they ain't trying to act like they know either. So what we're going to talk about today, all right, what I want to talk with you about today is what we can know. Amen? Amen. And, and you know what? I'm, it's going to sound like I'm oversimplifying, but it's going to get... <laughs> this is messed up. It's going to get a little hot in here, all right? <laughs> After reading the scripture, anyways, uh, no pun intended, but actually was, all right. But hopefully not this hot, anyways. So check this out. All right, yeah. All right. Here's what I know, man. I know that if we give our lives to Jesus Christ, all right, that we need to be able to see like Jesus, and we need to be able to be like Jesus. Amen. We can be able to see. We should be able to see like Jesus, and we should be able to be like Jesus. All right. So let's just let's dive into the scripture because there's a lot to look at right here. And we're just going to kind of go verse by verse and just see how God leads us. Amen. One more prayer. Father, just lead us, man. Just lead us through this. Help us to understand. I know you're talking to everybody in the room right now. So help us in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Wild story. Here we go. Verse 19. The rid, there was a rich man. He was clothed in purple and fine linen. In other words, this cat was wearing designer clothes, top-notch designer clothes, right off the rack. He didn't get them at a yard sale. He didn't get them at a thrift store. Homeboy had them made specially fitted for him. This is how he rolled, all right? Homeboy was looking good. He was wearing killer Levi's and killer T-shirts. My kind of guy. No, not even kidding. Um, no, so maybe not. Maybe more than that, all right? So, so, so most people, all right? And then he said that, that that he was feeding sumptuously every day. And here's, you know, in this culture at this time, and even today's culture, people don't feed sumptuously like having, th this is like having Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas Eve dinner every day. 
right? In this culture, he said, you were lucky if you got to do that once a year in this culture. But this is how this dude rolled every day. Designer clothes, man, big old feast every day. Now, the problem was that this dude was rich, all right? It was that maybe that his riches made it hard to see God and the people that God wanted him to see. Oh, let's just you know, check that out a little bit. In verse 20, it says, at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus who was covered in sores. Literally in the shadow, all right, of this guy's house. Literally in the shadow of this guy's house. Right out front, there was this dude, and that's where he posted up, Lazarus. Every day that this guy came in and out of his house, he had to see dude right there, but it didn't look that way, right? Every day he went in and just had this big feast. In the shadow of his feast was this cat right here just starving and dying of starvation, literally. And the other thing we got to recognize too is, is that Lazarus's poverty didn't make him right before God. All right, we look at the story, we think, well, everybody guys would be poor. It just might have made it easier for him to, to, to cry out to God for trust. All right? I don't know if it's the scripture or if it's actually the air conditioning, but it's, it's getting hot in here. Like, is it hot? Is it just me? Like, really, really, I got all this humidity going on right here. All right? I'm not kidding. That's a real thing, man. Somebody crank it. All right? So... <laughs> and so we go to verse 21. All right, let me, again, at his gate was laid this poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. And I was wondering, man, did, did Lazarus ever like, just like try to peek through his window and just kind of, man, just, I wish I could just have, just look at the scraps that are falling from his table and thinking, man, I, I would just love to eat that. And it makes me think, man, like, how much food do I waste in a week? You know what I mean? I ain't trying to jump in anybody else's stuff right here, but I'm thinking about myself. I got to hold myself accountable to this, right? And it says that the dogs came and licked. And these, are, these weren't the homeboy, like, like his killer little poodles and stuff coming outside. These are wild street dogs, all right? They're literally snacking on this guy's pain. All right, we, and we look at this, right? We, we look at this, right? And we start, we start pushing, man. Wait, 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 wait. Because what Aquinas is kept, we're pretty much the richest, you know, nation on the planet. No matter where you are, you know, where we live, we have the opportunity we have at our, at our fingertips is pretty amazing. All right, and many people have taken advantage of that opportunity and live pretty good. Again, this is not saying if you live good that you're going to hell. No, 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 don't get this twisted. Don't get this message twisted. This is all about where your trust is, all right? And we start pushing back, man. And I got a question, man. Why is it easier for us sometimes to just talk about people who are starving in foreign nations, yet, you know, we, yeah, yeah, we have a hard time giving homeboy outside the front door a sandwich? Yeah, you know, and I get it. I get it, man. We, we look and we say, man, I can't, you know, I can't take care of every homeless and hurting and hungry person in the planet. And you're right. You can't, and I can't either. I remember as a, as a youth pastor, I had, I had a parent come to me and said, man, I really, would you please counsel my kid? And I'm like, man, I am not a counselor. You know what I mean? I just started you know, up here in youth ministry and things are going pretty good. We're reaching all kinds of kids, all right? I'll hang out and I'll talk with you about leadership and what God wants to do in your life. But if you need some counseling, I don't know if I was the guy. 
And she was like, Adam, and man, please, I just need to talk to my kid, man. I just can't meet with my kid. And I remember telling God, man, well, you know what? I'm gonna start getting all these kids that need counseling. I can't counsel every kid on the mountain. And God said, I didn't ask you to counsel every kid on the mountain. I'm asking you to counsel this one. All right. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> right? It, 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 can, it can get overwhelming if we try to take care of every hurting person in the world, right? We can't do it. We can't do it, man. I can't do it, all right? <laughs> what about the one at your gate? If everyone would lean in, we would get a lot done if we decided just to do for one. We've talked about this so many times. If we decided to do for one what we wish we can do for everyone, if we were to do for that one person what we wish we can do for everybody, feed that one person with what we wish we can feed everybody with, love that one person with the love that we wish we can love everyone with, we recognize what it would look like to, to see like Jesus and be like Jesus in that one life. See like Jesus and be like Jesus. And man can pick one. And then it says here in verse 22 that the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. And the rich man also died and was buried. No angels carrying anybody there. All right? This dude, he just died right there on the streets. The, the, the old man, the, 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 the poor guy died right on the streets, and then no burial, all right? I wonder, you know, if, how long it took till they knew he was actually dead, all right? But he was carried, all right, in soul and spirit by the angels of God into the presence of God. Not Abraham being God, but just in that presence. And he was, he was and again, we have to talk about something really quickly. What is Abraham's side? This is, Jesus is talking before the cross, all right? And I want you to kind of think about something. Today, all right, when we, when we pass on and, we, and we, we are immediately, the scriptures teach us, we are immediately in the presence of God. Do you remember Jesus when he was on the cross? He changed everything right there at the cross when, that, when he told the thief, today, homeboy, you're gonna be with me in paradise. All right, there ain't no more Abraham's side and all that stuff. You're coming with me. And so what we can't figure out that happened before this in this area right here, don't press into it too much. I just want to know what's happening today. And today, we're immediately in the presence of Christ. And then it said that the rich man also died and he was buried. He had a funeral and a burial, but he didn't even know it, but he knew what came next. Check it out. In Hades... Verse 23, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus at his side. So what do we do with that? How do we understand that? How do we pick that apart? You don't pick it apart. What you do is recognize what you can know. And what we can know is immediately after death both believers and unbelievers have a conscious awareness of their eternal status. And immediately, we're either in suffering or in blessing. This is a little hard to hear, ain't it? But it's the truth, man. And we need to do something with this truth because it is factual. 
This is not a fairy tale. And it's not like, oh, we're just kind of making stuff up so people would just get in line. God didn't die on the cross so people would just get in line. He didn't. He gave his life for us on the cross so that we could be with him, all right, and removing the sin that just painted our lives. And we look at this, we have to remind ourselves, once again, Lazarus wasn't saved by his poverty any more than the rich man was damned by his wealth. That is not what he's saying right here. If we look, great, praise the Lord, we have more scripture to, right, to inform us about this because in Ephesians chapter two, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. It's not a result of works so that no one can boast and say, I did that. You know what I mean? I sold all my possessions. I did that. I gained all this wealth. I did that. And I, you know what I mean? I handled the I, No, I did No, no, there's none of that. If you're a rich person and you know Jesus, you become way richer, right? Right? And, if, and way richer than you ever dreamed, man. And if you're a, a poor man and you don't know Jesus, you're way more poor than you ever thought you were. The point is this, man, that the, the rich dude all right, who's empty of Christ, is suffering from judgment of a life of pushing God away and pushing the people who need God away. Well, Lazarus enjoyed the blessings of a life of faith regardless of circumstances. And that was with the father of faith, Abraham. By Abraham, Abraham is told through us throughout the scriptures, it's painted that, that Abraham is the father of faith, believing God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Abraham is not our father, all right? Uh, genealogy, okay, speaking genealogically, if that could be a word, pretend that's a word, all right? Anyways, all right? <laughs> You know, in the, in the world of genealogy, all right, you know, you can say that all of Israel came from, from Abraham, and that's a true fact. You know, it had to start somewhere, right? One guy had a kid, had another kid, and he had 12 kids, and had all kinds of kids. Next thing you know, we have a nation. Praise the Lord. But here's what I want us to kind of really, really consider, man, when it comes, you know, this, this breaks down the human race for us. It really breaks it down, man, that there are really only two people groups. I'm not, you know what? Your ethnicity is beautiful. I love my, 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 uh, my, my Mexican heritage, my uh, Apache and Yaqui Indian heritage, my French heritage. You know, you didn't know I was all that, did you? Mm -hmm. Thought I was just Mexican up here shooting his mouth off. All right? Nah, man. Got a lot of good stuff going on in this person right now. All right? You know what I mean? Praise the Lord. I'm real proud of all that, and I thank God for all that. But I'm telling you, there are only really two people groups, not ethnic, not, not ethnic groups, two people groups on the planet, right, in the eyes of God. Those who trust Jesus' finished work on the cross, those who trust his resurrection from the grave, and those who do not. And what's really, really crazy is that the, the ones who truly trust the finished work and the resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross, all right, if they're seeing like Jesus and they're being like Jesus, they're going after the people who don't. So they can too, because we know that death permanently changes everything and it's irreversible. And so this is not something to sit here and just go, man, man, no, this is something to say, look up, all right, Lord, here I am, let's do this. Use me for your glory. 
in the lives that are still breathing right now, all right, boom, boom, boom. I started praying a prayer the other morning, man. I'm sitting on my front porch, all right, and I'm just considering, you know, my mortality and, you know, where, where things could go, and I'm praying into this word of God, and I want to be, there's this description of a man of God in 2 Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 18, a really amazing description. If you want to follow a pattern of life, this is a really good description, all right? And I was telling God, man, give me some more days. Give me some more days. I was in my mind getting ready to pray this. Give me more days. And then I thought, you know what? This is the wrong way to start a prayer. Lord, don't give me. Help me give you today like this. Tell me to be this man. How, you know, this is your prayer. Help me to be this woman. Help me to be, help me to be like Jesus, to see like Jesus and be like Jesus right here today because you know what? Tomorrow ain't promised. Now I want to bring you glory. Bringing myself glory ain't doing me or anybody else any good. We told you the other day, if this life is all about you, it's going to end when you end. But if it is, if it is beyond you, it will live beyond your life. Verse 24, we better get moving. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and just cool my tongue. For I'm in anguish in this flame. I was crazy is the one who didn't know mercy, who didn't think he needed mercy and didn't know how to show mercy was now asking for mercy. He says, I'm in, I'm in anguish. His arrogance even went beyond the grave. Send that, send him over here. John Trapp, an old theologian that passed away many years ago, left this with us. See, when he's speaking of this, this I'm in anguish, he said, this is like having punishment without pity. Misery without mercy. Crying without compassion, mischief without measure, and torments without end. Why are we going so heavy with this today? Why are we, why are we hitting this so hard? Because it's a reality that we all need to be aware of. We can't just act, you know what I mean? We just can't act like, you know, this ain't gonna happen. We can't act like this isn't a real place. This isn't real possibilities for somebody in this world. This is a, a possibility for everybody on the planet. And, but we have opportunity to know Jesus. His name is Jesus. We just got through singing an amazing song about him. Remember? His name is Jesus. He is mighty God. He is wonderful counselor. All right? He conquered the grave, so we ain't got to try and conquer it. Amen? There's hope. Abraham challenged dude, man. He says, look at child, remember that you in your lifetime, you received good, your good things and Lazarus in like manner, bad things. But now he is comforted here and you're in anguish, man. We cannot get this twisted. Again, he's not preaching karma here. Your life is a testimony of your beliefs. Come on, man. Uh, dude had real opportunity in the world to turn to God and then with God, turn to people who needed God. Here's what I know, man. A life given to Christ is lived, all right, is a life that is lived with Christ. 
All right? A life given to Christ isn't the life that goes, Jesus, I'm over here now. Come on, let's go. It's the life that says, where are you going, man? Because I'm with you. What are you doing, man? Because I want to do that too. What do you got to say, Lord? Because I want to say that too. Show me how you're loving in this world because I want to love the way you love. Amen? Amen. People, man, they just are not hearing that from the church these days on how, what it looks like to love a world, love a world away from hell. And people heading in this direction, we should be on their leg going, no, 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 man, I ain't letting you go. Amen? We know the truth. What are we doing about that? God isn't just looking to see, man, if people are attending church. Hmm, were they in church today? Jesus, I don't know. Holy Spirit, did you see them in church? I didn't see him there. That's not what he's doing. All right? Back in the day, man, and uh, Israel was crying out to God, why aren't you hearing our prayers, man? Oh, man, I am fasting and praying and fasting and praying. Man, I'm attending and doing all these things. You know what I mean? Why aren't you hearing my prayers? You know, I took a whole day off work, man, just to talk and just to fast in prayer. Then I went back and did my thing. And God says, look at man, this is, you think this is what I'm after? He says in Isaiah 56, 58, verse 6, he says, isn't this not the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? I put a little, uh, a little video on, on, uh, on our YouTube this week. If you ain't got it on our YouTube page, you need to get on there. You need to subscribe and hit notifications. Shameless plug, all right? You need to get on there. We need to get some traction. We got some good messaging going out across the planet, and we need you to help with that. But I put, a, I put a video on there with a yoke and just saying, he goes, look at, here's, look at, did you read the, the words that he said there? Is, is this not the fast I choose? Isn't this the kind of prayer life I choose for you to, to loosen the straps that people are just all wrapped up, man, in sin? To loosen those straps. And that requires us to get a little closer to them, not to just say, hey, man, what's wrong with you? Get out of that mess. What's the man? Come on, man. Are you, are you sure? What are you thinking? When I was all caught up in my sin, somebody asked me, what are you thinking? I said, apparently not what you're thinking. Right? Well, you come close to me, man, and you kind of help me undo these straps that are just strangling me. And you kind of help me take them off. And you kind of help me get free. And then you and me together go and bust that, that yoke that's just been, just, just been strangling me. He says, this is the kind of prayer life I want you to live. This is the kind of attendance I want you to show up for. And he says, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and, and bring the homeless and poor into your house? When you see the naked, isn't it to cover him and not to hide from your own flesh? I don't know if anybody's told you this, man, but you were put here to live a life way bigger than just your life. You were put here to live a life way bigger than just your life. Amen? amen. That's a good place for an amen in the back. Amen? amen. Thank you very much. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Man, you guys need to help me preach, man. This is crazy. I mean, you get up here and do this one, all right? <laughs> Anybody? That's what I thought, all right? <laughs> all right, praise the Lord. Verse 26, thank you. And besides all this, between us, there's this great chasm that's been fixed. I think it's just, 
you know, there's probably more to it, but I get really, really simple. If I can't write it in crayons, man, I have a hard time with it. I just look at it like this, man. There's that, and then there's this. You chose that. Or you allowed that to choose you, and you didn't put up a fight. He says, there's this great chasm between us has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able to, and none may cross from there to us. The problem, I think, is huge today is that way too many people are quick to believe in heaven, but they don't trip on hell at all. I think a lot more people would be reached and helped and loved on, man, if we just loved them away from hell. Because in reality, the choice is theirs. The choice is ours. And we belong to every choice that we make, amen? Amen. It's like eating cake with extra frosting or a burrito with extra salsa. It may good be good now, but you're going to pay for it later. <laughs> right? We know this. Right? There's a dude walking down on this river, big old river, man. And there's this huge river, man. And he, and he, looked at the, he wanted to be on the other side because that side looked better. And he yelled at this little kid over there. And he told this little kid, hey, how do I get over there? The little kid looked at him, looked down. He said, what? He said, how do I get to the other side? He said, man, you are on the other side. (laughs) You you chose. (laughs) You're on the side you chose to be on. You you belong to your choice. The harsh reality is that everyone is not going to spend eternity in heaven. And I know, man, we've talked about this before. How can a loving God, we say, we hear this. How, how many people have heard somebody say, how can a loving God send anybody to hell? We hear that all the time. How can a loving God send it? God doesn't send anybody to hell. We are all going to hell, man. This is it. Everyone's going to hell. And he gave his son Jesus so we don't have to. Amen. Everybody's on their way. All right, they're on, they're on that fast train, man, heading that way. But he gave us his son, Jesus Christ, all right, on the cross, who died for your sin, who rose from the grave, who drop kicked death in the face and said, boom, not these guys. Amen. And we have that hope. Well, we have that hope. We need to give that hope. Amen. Come on, man. And I know, man, we're thinking here is, what are you, supposed to make a choice? <laughs> no, man, you already made a choice. The question is, what choice did you make? And do you need to rethink your choice? And are you sure? Do you really know which choice you've already made? Such an important question. Verse 27, then he said, then I beg you, Father, just send them to my father's house. I got five brothers. So, 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 that, so, so that he can warn them. Let's say come to this place of torment. I don't want them. Go send them over there to go tell them. Please tell them. And Abraham said, they got the word of God. That's what the Moses and the prophets referred to. Let them hear them. And 
And what's crazy is this rich man knows exactly who he's talking to. He knows about the word. He knows the father of faith. He knows the scriptures, obviously, because they're brought up in that. That was just a mandate in Jewish culture in this, in this context of this time. And yet, it's, it's, it's crazy how much we can know but not be. How much we can know about God and not be with God in it. And they, they, they knew they have the, the, the word of God. And what I know is you cannot submit to the word of God. You cannot submit underneath the word of God and ignore the hurting that he points, around, he points out to you. It's easy to ignore it when we get on top and go, hmm, I don't know, hmm, yeah, I may pull this over here. And we take the word of God and we try to dissect it. I mean, we're supposed to study the word of God. That's it's important. But we're supposed to study from underneath in submission. And it's so crazy how... You know, we can ignore what he points out to us. Because when you truly submit underneath the word of God, you will see like Jesus and you will choose to be like Jesus. And then in verse 30, he says, No, Father, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they'll repent. And I'm like, dude, why didn't you tell him? If you knew, why didn't you tell him? Right? We want these huge, crazy miracles. If God, if you just bust open the sky and just speak, they would listen. He's saying, no, man. I don't think they would. And he's like, why don't you tell him? That's our job. When we know the truth, we're supposed to share the truth. I used to tell my youth and freak out my youth. So if your kid was in my youth group back in the day, you would have been, dang, I don't know if I should have had him in there. All right? I used to tell my kids, man, when, I, when they were in the youth group, I would always challenge them to consider, you know, that the Bible teaches of this thing called the rapture. It teaches of this thing where we'll be, well, it doesn't use the word rapture, but it used the word caught up, what means rapture. It just speaks in Thessalonians how, and in actually in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, how we're going to be caught up with the Lord. If It says that those who in the dead will rise first and they'll be with God. And then, then those who are of us remain. If, God, if Jesus returns, all right, while we're still alive, then we'll be caught up with Jesus, right? Some of you may have heard that. If not, read uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You can get a little more insight into that, all right? But that's, that's a real deal. Jesus said it was going to happen. God said it was going to happen. It's, it's going to really happen. I used to challenge my students in, in my, in my uh, youth group was I go, think of it if it was reversed, Think about it, if you're in class one day and you're studying, you're taking a test and everything, all of a sudden the, the rapture happened, but it was a reverse rapture. And the people who didn't know Jesus were swallowed into the ground. <laughs> Send your kids to my youth group. We have fun, I promise. All right? <laughs> yeah, we have a blast. And I said, imagine looking at your friends just slowly getting sucked into the ground, looking at you going, wait a second, you knew? You knew? Why didn't you tell me? And then boom, gone. Praise the Lord. Have a great day. All right, we'll see you. All right? All right? Hey, man, come on. We're still responsible. People always get, you know, way, well, one of the things that's going to happen, are you a pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation? I am a pan-tribulation. You ever heard of that? It's all going to pan out when it happens. Just trust them. You know what I mean? 
I ain't getting into all those crazy details because you know what? If I follow Jesus, it's going to pan out. I'm just going to trust him. I just know this. Get close, stay close. Get as close as you can to Jesus and stay as close as you can. Amen? Amen. Get close, stay close, right? Right. And then he said to them, Abraham said, if they don't hear the word of God, neither will they be convinced if someone rose from the dead. He told this to the dudes who were proficient in Moses and the prophets and the word of God, and they ain't even trying to hear it. And we know the history that Jesus rose from the grave, and many of them didn't fall for it, didn't go for it, didn't trust it. And I know this, basically what he's saying. When, when you try to make God say what you want him to say, and you ain't trying to hear what he's trying to say, miracles ain't going to help you either. And so I want to just make it real personal again right here. There are potentially two people in this room right now. Potentially two people right now in this room. Those two people I share with you. The way that God looks at the world. Is not his. Or not yet his. If this is your faith, live it out on purpose, with purpose. If this is your faith, live it out on purpose, with purpose. And you're like, what purpose do I do? He's given you the purpose. Follow Jesus and he will lead you. And you're like, how does he do that? Man, just trust him and listen to him and submit to him and just live, you know, just commit on purpose. And live this life out with purpose. If you're not sure, man, nothing should be stopping you today from being sure. Right here, right now. We're going to have people up here pray with you. Man, I'll challenge you to come up here and pray. We will stay as long as it takes and pray with you. All right? And then, no matter who you are of those two people today, Jesus wants you to be his. And if you would choose just to live this out on purpose, with purpose, or make sure that you're right right here with God today, then he wants you to see like Jesus and to be like Jesus. You know, the younger brother of Jesus wrote a book in the Bible through the you know, just the leading and inspiration of his Holy Spirit, of our Holy Spirit. He, he, he wrote the book of James. Jesus is a little brother. And speaking about his faith, his faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's, that's a hard sell. My brother's God? What? You know what I mean? Well, he rose from the grave. Oh, dang, okay. <laughs> Whatever. All right, go back and tell your mom, I really did make all that mess. It wasn't him. I was just lying, trying to get out of it. He said to some, he said, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. He said, show me your faith apart from your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. He says, you believe in God as one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Even demons know God is real, but they don't trust him with their life. 
Let me ask you a question. Is your faith greater than those of the demons? Rather than believe and shudder, believe and put your trust in action. God made a perfect world. We made a mess of it by pushing God away. He gave his son to bring us back. So we don't have to go to that craziness that's awaiting for the devil and his angels. That's what hell is prepared for. Because that's the only place on the planet where God's presence, he's going to choose to remove his presence from. It's the only place in, 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 in eternity that he will not he'll remove his presence from. That's why it's really going to be so bad. Not just because it's hot. Because you can't talk to God anymore. So he made the way back for us to live out and give out. Amen. Jesus loves you, man. So do I. Praise the Lord. Amen.